Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to episode number 29 of Plebchain Radio. Today is Friday, September 22nd. It is 6 30 p.m. on the east coast of the united states we have a big show for you today zeus descends from olympus to answer the most burning question on everyone's lips is the plural of bitcoin bitcoins or is it just bitcoin we'll find out uh, but before that uh, we have marseille from the nostra report who's going to lead us through the lightning round and even before that, we have our sermon to node or not to node. KW, do you want to kick us off on that? Yeah, and even before that, um, I just want to just thank all the listeners. Um, month, month over month, we continue to just kind of go parabolic on the uh, on the RSS uh, analytics. So, I mean, we're over 360% increase month over month. Um, our, our preferred method always is to listen on Fountain App versus the Spotify's of the world or the uh, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts of the world. I think if you dive into our Wave Lake or our uh, the other Lightning Store uh, episodes, Wave Lake and then Stemster, um, kind of flipping the music on its head, uh, we'd rather uh, any of the sats or uh, revenues go back to the plebs. Uh, and that's the way Fountain works as you listen on there. And you get the sats coming back to you. Uh, so keeping that circular economy going uh, in that pleb wheel strong. So uh, shout out to that. Um, we really appreciate all the plebs and I uh, hope you continue listening. And uh, yeah, so as far as our sermon goes, um, basically to node or not to node. Uh, Avi, you, you run a node, correct? I do. And are you actually, uh, you have lightning nodes, uh, are you a lightning node, not just running the core? That's right. Yeah, I do. I, so I recently up, upgraded, if you will, to the Umbral Home. I used to have the bare bones Raspberry Pi 4 uh, with a 1TB external hard drive setup. And that worked okay for about, I was running Umbral OS on, on that. That worked out okay for about a year, year and a half. And then towards the the end it would go down by itself every week and i wouldn't find out about it for a few days until some, you know some of the people i had channels would, would ping me saying hey your channel's down what's going on uh so i finally bit the bullet uh and bought an umbrella home uh, about a month ago and set it up so far so good channels are all back up and i'm seeing some decent routing maybe about 20 to 30 uh payments route through my node every day and with that said, I mean, do you have to rebalance those channels? Is it something where there's maintenance involved? There is. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, the rebalancing is a real pain in the neck. I mean, there are a couple of hacky tricks you can use. So, so for example, if you have too much outbound liquidity, uh, you send <laughs> you se you send uh, sats from your node to an, an external Lightning wallet that you control, like a wallet to Satoshi or whatever, right? Uh, and and so that automatically 
sort of rebalances your channels and then you can send back the funds from wallet to satoshi i'm just using that as an example could be any other wallet right any other lightning wallet but you send it back on chain um back to the node so i, I use hacky tricks like that because there are apps like ride the lightning or even um thunderhub uh that in theory allow you to re rebalance Right, you set the you 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 know you find the out, unbalanced outbound channel, you find an unbalanced inbound channel, and you try and kind of slide things around so that they balance out. But most of the time, the route, at least for me, maybe when we talk to Evan, he'll have a different perspective. But at least for me, the routes fail, so the rebalance ends up failing. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, there's some some corks to it. Um, for me, I, I I run the Embassy Start Nine uh, Embassy. Uh, I I kind of did the D. DIY uh, that I got online off of Rasp Raspberry Pi, um, and it's 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 cool. Uh, but I have not gotten into the actual opening channels and things. I, I another issue I f I feel like for me um, is the evolution of Lightning and and how much updates go on. And I'm I'm kind of hoping there's going to be this natural universal rebalancing automation going on that where where maintenance might not be a thing um am i less of a pleb in, in your your opinion do you, uh do we have a duty as plebs to run a node and, and with that said a full node lightning channels open and and managing oh, yeah well i think there is there is a, in my opinion if, if you are a true blue pleb and, and, and you care about the network right uh i, I think you should run a, a Bitcoin node and then a Lightning node and open as many channels as you can. Um, I, I mean, just to keep the decentralization going, right? Otherwise, there's always the risk that, especially if you're talking about Lightning, right? You have these large nodes that begin centralizing the liquidity, and we we certainly don't want that to happen. Right, right. Well, I, I promise I'm gonna I'm gonna get on top of this. I think my son's old enough now where I'm gonna have a little bit more time to uh, uh, do that standard maintenance. Um, but more importantly, I think I want to learn more about the uh, opening and closing and and how the network works. Um, I think that's an that that might be one of the duties as a pleb, just like we do with Noster, where we're breaking things, we're trying things out. Uh, we really want to. There's no better way to understand it, right? Yeah. The Certainly uh, that, Kitabi. But I, I will add one other thing, right? I mean, we talked about the duty, but I mean, there is a, a, a lot of people get do get phased, uh, and, and rightly so, in my opinion, by the responsibility that comes with managing channels or having channels with with other folks. So you have to make sure that it's always up or up as uh, you know as frequently as possible, uh, because you know you're routing payments there, and and some of your channel counterparties take the, take the stuff really seriously right they want to make sure that they they have pristine channels uh, that are routing all the time so there is a in my opinion uh, there is a strong responsibility that comes with running a lightning node and that can be daunting yeah yeah i mean cuz they're i mean basically you're rated correct you you have a statistics on your uptime and your uh your channels and you, and and how old how old is your node all those things kind of base factor into kind of are you a gold standard of a node that's right uh, yeah it, it does affect your ranking i believe one place you can look at it is uh lightning.engineering or terminal.lightning.engineering one of the oh, i'm getting it wrong but 
it's it's something from it's a tool from Lightning Labs where you can uh, look at your rating. That said, if you do join uh, a, a Lightning group like Nodestretch, or which is which is started by Nostriches, right, uh, on Nostra, and you know you get you 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 formed a community with people you know, and a lot of times you can open channels with folks there. Uh, there's a, a Telegram channel for node stretch so you could communicate with them and open channel so no one really looks at your ranking there so there is a way past that if you're concerned about your ranking then just join a community and uh you can uh, you know you, you you can open channels there with with uh, fellow uh, folks there and i think that that is a, a a strong point um you know kind of harnessing the the pub chain community or the the nostr community in general uh, you know, to, to kind of uh, alleviate those complexities that you you run, because if you're doing it by yourself, you don't really have anybody to communicate with. You're just sitting there in front of your computer going through like a DIY. Uh, it, you don't you grasp the concepts. You're going basically just one step at a time. And you're, and you're like, did I do it right? You know, uh, so it, I think having that community, uh, having the communication uh, can kind of tackle those complexities that uh, really are daunting when you first start running a node. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I'm not going to wait until things simplify anymore. I'm going to jump in um, and I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, so f- I might be leaning on you a little bit, Avi. Join Node Stretch. It's uh, it's all Nostriches who are opening channels with each other. It's uh, and anyone else in the audience who's looking to. Uh, open lightning channels and and start running a node. Node Node Stretch is a great community. It was started by uh, maybe Daniel and a couple of other Nostriches a few months ago, and it's I think the within the top ten largest lightning groups out there. On you can check on amboss.space. Uh, yeah, but and uh, but I'm I, sure Daniel will. Uh, if you reach out to Daniel on uh, Nostr, he'd be happy to uh, show you the ropes. Yeah. For sure. That said, I I do want to call out that there there are a, a lot of complexities to running a node, right? If if you want to do it the right way, like for example, you have to learn what HDLCs are and make make sure you you keep updating based on your channel balances, updating your HDLCs. Uh, otherwise, you'll you'll start getting failed payments and and things like that. Uh, and what so are HDLCs? Uh, so we have the man we, whom we can ask, but I believe they're hash time lock contracts. These are, uh, I, you know what? I'm not going to butcher the technical explanation. We will <laughs> we will ask Zeus, the man himself, uh, when we have him up to explain HDLCs. Better left to the experts, right? Certainly. Well, I got my marching orders for this week. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be doing my best to report back uh, kind of my journey on uh, opening channels versus just uh, supporting the uh, the network with my node individually. Yes, uh, looking forward to that QW. And maybe the man today might be a little bit of an inspiration uh, for my first step forward. He might. He might. Um... You got anything else for the sermon, QW? No, that's it. I think uh, I, I, it's always kind of been bugging me in my mind. And I, it, a lot of the with everything is just kind of you got to start somewhere, uh, get that first step in and uh, dedicate yourself. Yeah, indeed. And with that, it is time for our weekly recap of news and events in Bitcoin and Nostra from our friends at the Nostra Report. 
And today we have Marseille joining us from, of all places, Davos. What are you doing in Davos, Marseille? I would like to say I'm doing something cool, like, um, I don't know, infiltrating WEF and purple, purple and orange peeling people. But actually, I'm just sitting on the couch drinking wine. She's pod shopping. <laughs> I'm doing absolutely nothing in Davos, which is so nice to do. So, yeah, I am doing nothing. And I recommend that everyone gets some time to do absolutely nothing. Best thing that I could ever do. So, yeah, if you want to do nothing, this is a good place to do nothing because there's nothing going on. <laughs> so, yeah, unless you come during WEF, yeah. <laughs> All right, Marseille. What have we got with, with the lightning round? Yes, let's get started with the lightning round. First of all, I want to say something. Uh, today, Corn uh, share some information on what we have created at the NASA report since we started in January. Uh, so I'm going to read that back because I think this is super cool. So we've had 231 daily reports, three conferences, 13 videos released so far. There are more coming up um, from Riga and some other. We're doing a different format that's also coming out soon. So hope you guys enjoy that. There are 31 articles and open um, um, opinion editorials uh, out, 20 redux cartoons, 28 lining rounds with PCR, 29 with this one right now since January 24th. So I'm just, I just want to say that I'm really proud of, of the whole team, of everyone, of PCR for giving us a space to talk. And our whole team in general is the best and everyone works super hard. I think everyone works harder than me. <laughs> So I'm I'm really proud to be a part of this team and humbled that they that all these cool men so knowledgeable that just took me in. So I want to say thank you and I I hope everyone likes what we do. Um, keep keep telling us what you guys want us to do as well, so we can create more content that is what uh, people like. And yeah, that's that's me starting the lining round with this. And now I'm going down to the news. Jesus, why do people did so many things this week? It's like crazy. So, yes. Um, while I was doing nothing, Bitcoin and Noster decided to do everything. So I'm going to start with the one thing that I've been doing, and it's Nostratia. So this week, Nostratia actually announced officially uh, that Snowden is participating online. So he's going to have some time, and I hope everyone joins the three days we have a really packed agenda with items that i hope like interest everyone so please join not just because of snowden we have like everyone who needs to be there and who wants to speak has the opportunity to do it so it, it'll be interesting it's a little bit more structured than nostrica but it's still an on-conference conference so yeah Please join. Uh, with that, also, um, someone, um, yeah, so we got a new release of an Australia t shirt. And I feel like this is also an opportunity for everyone that creates uh, art and does t shirts or any type of swag to start creating their Australia art 
and we will be sharing it and i appreciate to see how much people love this and they put like their creativity their minds their time so thank you and keep doing that uh, we want more of this now let's talk about damas and i see that v-rod is in the public so hey girl but damas released a major update this week uh well several but the biggest one is that they incorporated Noster db which makes it like the best client right now to do search so you can easily search any profile you've seen in the past um if you want to know more about it, go into the Damas uh, profile. But yeah, it, it's, it makes it much easier to search. And I appreciate that a lot because searching on Damas was kind of complicated and searching on, on Noster in general was kind of complicated. And this makes it so much easier. Um, then Vitor released, um, well, Vitor proposed. And I, I, I find this interesting. It's a cool proposal is that he is as he thinks that we should do we should be able to edit our posts so he's asking for feedback from the public guys talk to vitor he says a replaceable kind one event in amethyst uh that would allow all users to edit past posts so it's something like what abla already does but it will be different because this is in long format so he's asking for for feedback and i mean this could be the start of something for other clients as well so this is the beauty of Noster. When someone does something, everyone else can build upon it. Go ahead, give them, give, give him your feedback. This could actually start something new. Uh, I could actually fix my typos. So yes. And Marseille, and for the benefit of the folks who might be listening to the recording or in the audience who are not aware, you're talking about Vitor, the creator of Amethyst, the most popular Android client uh, for Noster. Yes, I went from iOS to uh, Android and uh, Vitor created Amethyst. Amethyst is definitely the most popular Android client, one of the best as well. So yeah, give him some feedback because we need these kind of things if we want to advance Noster. Editing is very important. We've seen a lot of typos that become memes, but also there's other stuff that could definitely be edited and it'll be good for everybody. Um, I've, I've just naturally become and I've just accepted myself as uh, flawed with my typos. It's it's a tough one. I kind of got like the Stockholm syndrome of uh, typos now, so I'm starting to love them. Uh, it's it's an it's a conflicting uh, upgrade, I guess you'd say. <laughs> I mean, it does create a momentum, and that's super cool. But at the same time, like sometimes I post things on Australia and I see that I did something wrong, and I'm like, oh my god, no. So if you're doing something like that and you and you make a mistake, you really want the earth to swallow you. So yes, if it's my personal account, go ahead. But when I'm True. doing stuff with an illustration account, I have I seen do. some official posts that have typos, and you're like, "Oops." Yeah, that's me. Thank you, everybody. That's me with the typos. You can always make fun of me for that. I can also say that English is my second language. So yeah, that that's where I'm hiding. <laughs> English is my second language. Um, so Kaje built, or Kale, however you want to say it, has built eCash HDLSC, uh, HDLCs. You guys were talking about that earlier. Um, that can be atomically swapped against Lightning payments. So that's interesting. So that I thought would be a good news to share. Then BTC Pay server share a new case study on Huddle Huddle. So anyone who was at Honey Badger saw that you could pay uh, with Bitcoin directly. 
and it they 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 did it pretty interesting because everyone accepted bitcoin but the the people receiving the payments the merchants could pick whether they wanted uh usdt on liquid fully the the whole payment to be received on usdt on liquid or on bitcoin and this might be conflicting for some people but when you live in an economy that every cent counts you might need to save your money in something that's stable and sadly bitcoin fluctuates in in prices so yeah i see someone going like hmm but the thing is that sometimes every penny counts when you're a small merchant and this the, this is a game changer for bitcoin for for merchants to accept payments in bitcoin because now they see that okay i can get this payment and some of it can go towards bitcoin and the rest can go towards the rest can go towards a stable coin that i know my my money won't be worth less at the end of the day or be worth more at the end of the day they just know for a fact that they got the amount of what they sold and this is this is something that i feel is a game changer in general all over the the third world for me i've seen it i've i've seen a lot of people wonder like oh i got i got this money and uh blink wallet uses stable sats but being able to receive payments directly using this pos is pretty cool um so sue's store launch fresh merch cool <laughs> i think that's something worth mentioning uh also we saw a lot of improvement in abla news uh they now have sub splits so when you write a new post you can optionally enable splits so currently splits on abla go to the operators like splits like, go go to the person that like wrote the used to go directly to the person that wrote the op-ed but now they can go between the relay operators used by abla and they'll have more improvements on this and adding to this um they the sap splits were also added to amethyst and snort i think that was last week as well so we are seeing more and more of this uh sap splits going on which talks a lot about the culture on noster where like we want everyone to get credit for what they do and basically splitting your saps makes that happen makes noster more of a circular economy and that's that's basically why we're here we want to make sure that we can create free content and create create valuable things for everyone and make sure that everyone who participated in this creation gets their worth so this i think sap splits is um super important if we want to continue pushing noster adoption um Mutiny Mutiny Wallet added auto approve of Noster Wallet Connect payments, and you can set a budget limit, so it makes it like super quick and automatically. Uh, keeping our talk about um, clients, um, Will from Damas announced that Daniel De Aquino, and I hope I'm pronouncing this well, De Aquino. Uh, is the team's first official employee, and this happened because of OpenSats. So I I think this is something worth noticing as well because OpenSats has helped so much for the development of Noster, and now we are actually seeing people being employed to work on Noster. So yeah, uh, then I'm following up with saying that Vanessa said that the amount of applicants was overwhelming which means that there are a lot of people that really want to keep growing this this 
this protocol and want to keep collaborating. So if you didn't make it into the Damas team, I'm sure everyone that applied was super talented and I'm sure uh, the team had a hard time picking the person that they wanted to keep. But keep trying. There's there's a business model coming up. There's ways to start working on Noster. So keep doing your thing. I'm sure you'll get there. Um, moving a little bit from the tech side, uh, but still on the tech side, Wallet of Satoshi responded to some rumors posted on Stacker News that their email database ha was leaked. And they're saying that they investigated and note that this not happen. And I quote, we have through roughly investigated the claim and can confirm that our email database has not been compromised. So guys, that everyone that uses Wallet of Satoshi, they state that this hasn't been compromised. Let's hope it's true. Then Swan Bitcoin partnered with BitGo and they created the first Bitcoin-only trust company in the U.S. So that's news. Um, and now let's go back to the clown world because... There's always news on the clown world. So Elon Musk says that X will charge users a small monthly payment to use its service in order to combat vast armies of bots. So thank you, Elon. I hope adoption and Noster keeps growing. Thank you for pushing more people into being purple pill because you're doing it for us. Thank you very much. I think Elon loves Noster, to be honest. Like he's just helping us create a case. He yeah, he's certainly the chief marketing officer of Noster at this point. Yes, CMO of Noster. Thank you, Elon. Now, uh, clown world as well. U.S. national debt reaches eye-watering record level of 33 trillion U.S. dollars. Um, so cool story, bro. <laughs> and then to add to that, on September 21st, they did not raise, um, sorry, they did not spike the rates. So Cool. <laughs> U.S. economy sounds like super fun right now. Um, also, the EU Parliament passed um, DAC8, which means that crypto services providers will have to report all transaction information on EU clients. This will start officially January 1st, 2026. So, yeah, in a few years, I guess the EU pretends to know already how to make sure that everyone that they know where everyone's Bitcoin is at. Again, good luck with that. Run your own node, do your own thing. This sounds ridiculous to me. Um, then I have to say that there was really cool content created on Noster this week. So I want to do a special shout out to Bitcoin explorers who were in who are in Turkey right now, uh, experiencing inflation and how the population there has adopted uh, tools like Bitcoin and stable coins to be able to survive their economy. They have done it on their own. It's a grounds up approach. It's not a bill that passed. It's not a law that made it legal tender. They have done it on their own. So this is pretty cool. And then also Joe Nakamoto was in Cuba a few months ago, and he also shared a video about, about his experience, how people have been doing that also in Cuba. So to me, that is what we need to keep seeing, um, why Bitcoin matters, how it changes lives, how it changes, gives opportunities and brings freedom. So money is freedom. And it's not freedom right now because governments are controlling it. Fiat is not freedom, but Bitcoin is. And that is what we're seeing with this content that was created.
And I think I'm almost done with the lining round. Um, I hope I did not miss anything. Um, but, oh, yes, I was missing something. And I think Corn will kill me if I miss this last two announcements. So there was um, Derek and Trey announced that they would like to do Noster November. So Noster November, last year, it began as a challenge to only use Noster for one month. Uh, but they're looking to push it as a marketing campaign. So Noster November is a community-driven marketing project aimed to share Noster on other social media platforms. So this is the opposite. It's not just use Noster. It's basically go on the other social media platforms and pack them with Noster. Let's bridge people over. I am down for that 100%. So the reason why I still have X Twitter, it, main reason is because I want more people on Noster. So let's keep bringing people over. I mean, we can give Elon a call and pitch this, but he's already doing half the work for us. So thank you, Elon. And then the last thing uh, that I don't want to forget because Corn gave me a bunch of tips to make sure that this lightning round had all the info is that Ben Ark shared the new Noster marketplace, a censorship resistant client side market that populates based on a merchant's public key. And then he also shared an update on plans for the Noster.com domain, including not selling it to shitcoiners. So that is good news. Noster.com won't be shared sell to shitcoiners. And with that news about Noster.com not being sold to anyone who brings the money, I close the line in round. It's been a pleasure to be here, guys. And let's give it up for Suze. Thank you, Marseille. And that was quite the best of luck with your pod shopping there in, uh, in Davos, Marseille. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Folks, it is my pleasure to welcome Evan from Zeus to Plapchain Radio. <clears throat> hey, hey, hey. How's everyone doing today? Doing good. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, Q-Dubs and Avi. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. So we, we, we got to start off with the most pressing question of our time, Evan. Is the plural of Bitcoin Bitcoins? <laughs> oh, man, this is a fun one for uh, when you're bored in the bear market. Uh, I think I'd go either way on this one. I'm, I'm really indifferent, but uh, you know, it's always fun to stir the pot. People were trying to pit me up against my brother, Matt O'Dell, yesterday. He did burn you, though. He did burn you on Nostra yesterday. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if it's Bitcoin and not Bitcoins, then why is it Satoshis and not Satoshi? Uh, that would be my number one question for, for Matt. But, I mean, end of the day, I, I think it's just uh, something that can be used interchangeably. I mean, hell, it's a coin. Like, in... <laughs> Typical English, if you're talking about coins, right, you, you call them coins. I don't know why Bitcoin gets an exception. And, uh, you know, I, I don't often like appealing to authority, but uh, you could go on Bitcoin Talk and see posts by Satoshi where he refers to them as Bitcoins. So while yeah. I don't have like a firm preference of one over the other, I think Bitcoins with an S should be permissible. Indeed, Evan. Um, 
I don't think there's a right answer to it. I just go with Bitcoin for the same <laughs> reason. The, the plural of dear is dear, right? Uh, hey, yeah. listen, I think as long as we're all talking about the same chain, uh, what's the matter, right? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll call it corn. I'll call it Bitcoin. I'll call, call it bats, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, as long as my node verifies that UTXO or my lightning node verifies those income and HTLCs, then it's all good with me, baby. <laughs> That's right. So we'll, we'll circle back to the HTLCs in, in a bit, uh, Evan, but we'll start where we usually start with our guests, which is how, what, what is your Bitcoin backstory? How did you find it? How did you get into it? And what, you know, what brought you here today with Zeus? uh wow it's a loaded one this one might be a bit of a ramble but uh i'll, I'll try to give no, you guys love a the ramble. version of a good ramble uh so i studied cs in school heard about bitcoin early on probably first saw it on something like Slashdot, or maybe reddit and uh you know i always was sort of dismissive of dismissive of it which is pretty funny um and if i wasn't i'd probably be uh retired and maybe not even working on zeus who the hell knows but you know i sort of just dismissed it as like ah, uh, what is it like runescape gold but i was you know studying computer science uh i knew a little bit about austrian economics had gone down my freshman year and, and protested at occupy wall street like talked to a lot of people you know like knew that the fed was putting their fingers on the scales but it wasn't until like three or four years later that like Bitcoin really clicked for me. Uh, and, you know, beyond making my first transaction, uh, it wasn't really until I saw, okay, I have this seed phrase. Uh, if I enter it in, I can restore it on a different device, perhaps even using different software. And I can restore my, you know, my value, my, my money. And, uh, you know, the idea that I could take this across borders, I could sneak this out if, you know, God forbid, I mean, I'm living under a fascist or totalitarian regime, uh, the idea that I can store it in my head if I go to prison. I, I, I thought, think that was very empowering for me. And, uh, you know, that mixed together with the idea of sound money and seeing the vast amounts of debt that politicians are irresponsibly you know forcing upon us and and using to decrease the quality of life of uh your their constituents um you know bitcoin just really resonated for me and and uh, really just you know even even today I, I see it as a beacon of light in you know an otherwise very scary world a very dark world um and you know fr from there my path wasn't straightforward. I definitely uh, went down the shitcoin path. I mined some coins in my college dorm on GPUs. I, I worked on other projects. Um, you know, to to my credit, like a lot of my sympathies for altcoins did revolve around privacy, uh, especially at a time where you know we were having all these NSA revelations come out around the Snowden era. Uh, but ultimately, it seemed like uh, those projects were either built on hills of sand or 
I just had, you know, complete trade-offs that either made it unable to scale or perhaps, uh, you know, eroded Bitcoin's hard money properties. And, you know, I eventually came to the conclusion that, you know, it's either Bitcoin or, or nothing. And, and Bitcoin is really the only thing that is decentralized enough that has those sound money properties that can't be swayed and uh, that our energy was, you know, better served focusing on it instead of all these other distractions, ultimately. And, uh, you know, from there, after school, I went out into the field. I, I worked in cybersecurity. And, uh, you know, I, I had heard about this idea of lightning. You know, I knew Bitcoin on the base layer, at least as it currently stood, uh, wouldn't be able to scale to everyone in the world. Um, but I knew that lightning had the ability to help us scale. Maybe that it wasn't the final, you know, uh, way to get Bitcoin to the hands of seven, eight billion people. But that lightning had properties that can really take it to the next level. You know, near instant settlement uh, helps, uh, you know, scale your Bitcoin. I think Matt Corolla recently said uh, there's like a compression ratio. You know, you're eventually going to have to settle on chain, but lightning enables you to make many, many more transactions in between that time that you need to actually settle. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I ran my own LND node pretty early on. And it was fantastic. You know, I was messing around, opening up channels, experimenting with this new paradigm, a new way to interact with Bitcoin and use it. But in the back of my head, I knew, okay, like this is cool, but, you know, it's sort of like a novelty buying, let's say, uh, stickers off the blockstream store, you know? Like the stickers were going to get to me in like a week or two. And surely if my Bitcoin transaction took, I don't know, six hours, a couple days even, be fine you know blockstream would wait for it to confirm on chain and then they'd send me the stickers but i knew that lightning would really shine with those in-person transactions where you're you know interacting with someone and you want to go about your day or, or you're on a grocery store line you want to make the payment and you don't want to hold up the line you don't you know the grocer's not going to want you to stick around and wait for confirmation you know it just wasn't practical for in-person commerce making these on-chain transactions so I want to learn more about mobile development. I also wanted a way to monitor my own node that I did freshly set up on the way to work, uh, you know, maybe at lunch, but also while I was commuting. And I'm like, okay, let us put together an app to do this. So uh, a little more of a background at the time, I had made some small contributions to the Zap project. So Zap is a early lightning wallet uh, that Jack Mahler's put together before going to work on Strike. And uh, I was working primarily on, on the desktop version. And uh, one day I'm like, hey, Jack, uh, I really want to make a mobile version of uh, you know Zap potentially. Would you be open to you know me potentially spearheading an effort to build a React Native uh, you know, that's the framework we use, iOS and Android. And he says, yo, that's an awesome idea, but someone's already starting to work on 
zap android or, or zap ios i think uh, it was one or the other eventually they became like you know three different projects the desktop uh, the ios version the android version and i'm like okay that's cool but i still had this itch i still you know had a little bit of a background working on react from my uh, cybersecurity job so i said fuck it i'm gonna learn how to do this myself i'm gonna build my own wallet Zap will be great. They'll take their own approach and I'll take mine and there'll be more options in the market. So I start hacking on this thing. I take some months. I'm listening to a bunch of Bitcoin pods. I'm listening to like Stephen Lavera and Tales from the Crypt rabbit hole recap. And I'm just hacking on this thing in my evenings and my nights. And eventually I just got it to a point where I'm like, okay, this tool is good. It's, you know, scratching my own itch. I'm able to check it on the go uh let's just open source it and hopefully it helps some other people out and you know if anyone else just submits a single pr like that'll be icing on the cake uh, and from there you know one thing led to another and now i've been hacking on zeus for coming up on five years and uh we recently went through the wolf incubator in new york we got a little bit of pre-seed funding we hired our first full-time employee and uh, we are working on a new version of the wallet that has the node embedded in it. You know, traditionally Zeus had been a remote controller, but now it's a full lightning wallet. And uh, we're launching our own LSP called Olympus that will help people get connected to the lightning network with a zero comp lightning channels to get instantly onboard to lightning with both inbound and outbound liquidity. So is is that why you started Zeus is really kind of what you wanted to see? Um, you know, you wanted your functionality uh, the way you wanted it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like all the best projects get started by scratching your own itch. And that's what I ended up doing with Zeus. Like I, I wanted to learn mobile development. I, I was a web developer, but didn't know mobile. And this was my opportunity to do it but i also wanted better tooling so i went and made it and the idea behind zeus the initial idea was for it to be a remote controller of of your node right because the the you know you can also import uh an l and d hub wallet in, into zeus and use it that way what was the initial uh premise uh, for Zeus? Uh, so yeah, it did start initially as a remote controller. Uh, I built it first for L&D, but over time, you know, we added backend interfaces for L&D, Core Lightning, Eclair, and then L&D Hub, which is super popular for uh, people running stuff like Albi, who are okay with custodial solutions, but um, yeah, I mean, at some point it became clear that, you know, it would be amazing to help lower the barrier to entry into Lightning and to the Zeus and to do so in a self-custodial manner. So, uh, it's been something that we've been wanting to do for some years now and sort of just actualized itself in, I don't know, the last three or four months or so. And it's just been amazing seeing the new version being tested uh it's in a closed alpha right now but uh if anyone on the chat wants to give it a rip 
just message me in the next hour. So I will gladly share you a link. And um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to put into an open beta in the next week or so. We're just waiting on a couple more things. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're very excited with the progress and it's, it's just very exciting taking uh, Zeus into the next step of its evolution. And and Evan, you talked about um, your first full time hire. Is that so? Is the team just you and this person, or do you have other freelancers and part time folks working on it? The God Zeus is there too, Avi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, there are so many people that help make Zeus a reality. I think we've got something like forty three code contributors, seventy or eighty translators. We've had, you know, probably 10 designers in, give input on the project and help push us along. And, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of friends just doing stuff like evangelizing it or, or helping us put things together. But currently, uh, we just have two full-time employees, me and Shubham, who was my summer of Bitcoin tea, uh, what is it, two summers ago? And uh, he's just started working full-time on the project in April, I believe. So that's been great. Um, and we have a couple contractors that we've been rotating in and out for, you know, certain tasks, um, largely on the design side. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we still have a ton of open source contributors. We have this guy, Mixmaster. Shouts to Mixmaster. He is a beast. Uh, he's just been submitting a lot of PRs this last year and helping us push various initiatives along. And, uh, yeah, we, we also have some bounties out in the wild, uh, that we've had great success with. I think we've had like six or seven bounties that we've put out and have been successfully claimed. Um, I think Fiat Jaff was one of them. I think he put together one of one or two of the backends. I think he did Eclair and Sparko. Which, funny enough, we just deprecated both of them, but still very grateful for, for Jaff and for his contributions uh, with Noster. Um, so really cool to have, you know, big names um, make substantial contributions to the project like Fiat Jaff, like a few of the guys from Mutiny, like Pavel from Trezor. That was a real trip, like... <laughs> so the, the treasure was my first hardware wallet and now the creator of it is walking up to me at bitcoin miami and saying oh hey <laughs> Evan, your wallet's cool i've been using it i'm gonna make some prs and i'm like yeah right like the next month or two he's like submitting prs and make the wallet better um it's been quite a trip that's for sure yeah, that's that's pretty amazing, Evan. Uh, I just wanted a, a quick tangent based on something you said. You, you mentioned the Claire and that you deprecated it. Uh, just for the benefit of folks who might not know, uh, I'll I'll just state it, but maybe you can go deeper into it. But Claire is the Scala implementation of Lightning. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so Eclair is the Scala implementation of Lightning. It's made by the team in France called Async. Uh, they are the producers of the Phoenix wallet. And um, I just think it's it's, kind of, it's two things, really, why we've deprecated it. So for those who don't know, when you deprecate something in software, uh, you're sort of phasing, you know, a feature or support out. 
And uh, we basically made the decision to do so, uh, one, from a lack of Eclair remote users, but also from talking to the team over at Async, talking to Bastian, who I think is the VP of engineering there, pretty much the head honcho. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just not meant for to be an out-of-the-box solution. The version that they use on the Async servers for the Phoenix wallet is very highly tuned for you know the hardware that they're running on and um you know stuff like l and d and core lightning are much more i'd say um appropriate to use as a node runner running their own node at home yeah that makes sense I, it's just nice to see other flavors of lightning out there right not just l and d and cln Oh, um, absolutely. And, you know, they all have their own strengths and weaknesses. Uh, they all are focusing on different things in their development, different features, which is sort of the nice thing about doing stuff on L2, right? On L1, you all need to reach consensus. You want to need, need, you want a new feature to roll out, right? It's like, right, 95% of everyone running a signal and there has to be broad consensus. On L2? You don't need anything. You just need, like, if Avi and I decide that we want to try a new feature in our lighting channel, we'll be like, yo, bro, this new channel is going to be, you know, an Avi Evan channel, right? And this has X functionality. And as long as we're adhering to it, like, that's it. You know, like, we don't have to have anyone else's approval. No one else has to opt in. You get much more granular. And there's a lot of trade-offs to that. You know, there's potential for some fragmentation on the network uh, regarding certain functionality, which I think is really going to come to a head with some of the Bolt 12 stuff. But on the plus side, you're able to iterate, you're able to experiment. A lot more innovation can happen at a quicker rate. So that's definitely a huge perk uh, to all the stuff happening too. And uh, just seeing all the creativity... uh, has just been astounding and we're seeing that happen to an even greater extent as people are finding new ways to scale on top of lightning uh in these threes of sorts with stuff like arc and uh you know these similar constructs the cashew and and what have you as well right which are effectively yeah yeah i mean to a certain extent i mean uh stuff like federated uh, mm-hmm. eCash, like they have different trust assumptions for sure, but yeah, I would definitely group that stuff in there as well. Um, you know, I, I think I'm a little more interested in stuff where you can unilaterally close, where you have more assurances as a user, uh, you have less of uh, you have more assurance, let's say, that you won't get rugged. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, scaling Bitcoin to 8 billion people isn't easy. And, uh, you know, while I am often vocal about my criticism of a lot of these projects, I am grateful that people are being experimental and trying different things out, seeing what works, what doesn't. And honestly, just giving people different options with different trade-offs. Yeah. So, Evan, I do want to talk about Olympus, but uh, I think you said something that's that kind of uh, I, I want to tie back to something you said at the very beginning, which is you were interested in other altcoins for privacy, uh, for the privacy features, right? 
Um, and and clearly, so presumably Monero is one of them, right? Which is uh, a project that's focused far more on privacy than on soundness. And it's and I think most people will admit there is a there's an obvious tension between uh, privacy and soundness, right? You, I, if you move towards the direction of uh, of a sound ledger, of a sound money, then you you need to sacrifice privacy, and then vice versa. So, would would you say in 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 your view, right? You chose the sound, or or the decentralized, or, or the integrity of the ledger. We put that first, and and you and do you believe that privacy will follow? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great things you can say about Monero. Um, you know, at the risk of being called a shitcoiner, they've done a lot of stuff right. A lot of the stuff with the design is fantastic. A lot of the privacy properties are phenomenal. Uh, I'm not convinced that it scales. It's much more difficult to scale. Uh, the privacy is, you know, great compared to, you know, basically every other blockchain. Um, you know, with the exception of if you're doing more complicated, like zero knowledge proof sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like not decentralized enough, doesn't scale. There's the audibility is questionable. You know, if you have some sort of inflation bug on it, uh, it's much more difficult to catch. Um, is it more sound than fiat currency? Absolutely. Uh, is it more decentralized than fiat currency? For sure. Uh, but uh, a lot of the properties of it, I just, you know, think are, are major trade-offs and are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it's an option for people, but I don't see it as the be-all end-all. And it has some trade-offs that, you know, ultimately I think are unacceptable. And and that was the, the sort of the point of my question, which is we, you know, most people who are, who are, you know, in the Bitcoin world, they've made that trade off to say you want I, soundness first, everything else second, right? And then we layer on the privacy once we've once we're comfortable with the soundness, and that's where things like potentially, right, Fediment and uh, eCash and Cashew and stuff like that comes comes on. Is that your view as well, Evan? That we just layer on the privacy? Yeah, I mean, now? you know. 21 million is, is non-negotiable and I think potentially Bitcoin's most important property. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a close call too. Um, you know, being permissionless, um, which I think Monero largely has. Um, being decentralized, uh, I would argue that Monero is significantly less decentralized just because of how the mining occurs, uh, how the hard fork schedule works as well. Um you know, and just the number of people using it. Um, but yeah, I mean, soundness is, is paramount, but, you know, it's also need to be de sufficiently uh, decentralized. And I just, in, in many regards, uh, Monero is, just doesn't hold a candle to Bitcoin's level of decentralization. Yeah. Well, that was a bit of a sidetrack there, but uh, so I do want to bring it back uh, to Olympus. Uh, so, Evan, assuming assume that we know nothing, right? And you, and you're teaching us about Olympus. What is Olympus, and what can we do with it? When can we expect to start using or working with Olympus? 
Uh, well, Olympus is Zeus's lightning service provider. It its purpose is twofold. It's first and foremost a way to connect people onto the lightning network, an onboarding mechanism of sorts. Uh, but it's also Zeus's engine of monetization. This is how we're going to make Zeus a sustainable product and be here for years and years to come. How do you use it? When you, can you use it? Well, obviously, I told all the listeners here, they can DM me. Zeus version 0.8 has Olympus built into it. You can spin up an embedded node and get channels from Olympus instantly. You just create an invoice like you would with Zeus traditionally with a remote node, but you just leave this toggle on, uh, the LSP toggle. And if you pay those invoices, uh, you will instantly be able to receive payment uh, through a channel that is opened just in time to your node. And once the payment goes through, not only will you have that money in your Bitcoin wallet that is completely self-custodial, you hold all the keys, but you will be able to send and receive more payments on the Lightning Network with a not perfectly balanced channel, but with a channel that has sufficient inbound and outbound transactions to make a significant amount of payments. Well, and is it like uh, the like Breeze of Phoenix where I, the app needs to be open for the payment to come through? Yeah, so currently you do need to be online. And this is just part of the liveness of having a hot lightning wallet. Um, that being said, we're working pretty diligently to ship a async payment solution. So what would this mean? You would be able to have something like a lightning address or you know, just generate the invoice yourself as long as it's wrapped from the LSP. You would be able to give it to someone. You would then be able to power your node off. Someone would attempt to make the payment. The payment would get up to the LSP. The LSP says, tells the sender, hey, Evan's not online right now. We're going to hold on to this. When he does come online, hopefully in the next, let's say, three days, we're going to forward it along to him. If he doesn't come on within that time period, he'll get the payment back. And the LSP can do this in a trustless manner meaning at no time do we have control of that money. We can't pocket it. We can't send it somewhere else. It's either going to the receiver or it's going back to the sender. So we think that we can do this simply at an application level with the help of our LSP. And we are hoping that we can ship lightning addresses to everyone who has the embedded node in their pockets. So there's a few steps that we're gonna have to take to get there. We are fully expecting to ship our other lightning address service, a lightning address infrastructure that will allow users to point to their nodes that are you know, either back home or in the cloud somewhere. We think that's gonna ship first, hopefully in the next couple of months. I was actually doing some significant work on that today. But following that, we really do hope that we can ship async payments for the embedded users so that they don't have to be online all the time. I think it would make the world of a difference for people who are nomadic, who perhaps can't afford to run a node all the time and uh, you know, could potentially be living through uh, 
a precarious situation. I think it would be a great tool for freedom fighters, dissidents, people going through revolution, people going through, you know, depressions, who, who even knows, but there's great value even in pe for people in the West stable situations to be able to have a lightning address or have a QR code that they can post and know that whenever, as long as they log into Zeus and fire it up, then, you know, every three days or something that they'll be able to receive money from anyone in the world. Would that be true for the lightning address as well? I mean, you can be, that's true, truly async, isn't it? You can be offline forever, but your lightning address, people can send uh, sats to your lightning addresses, or am I missing something here, Evan? Yeah, you, it could be either. It could be an invoice. It can be a lightning address. Um, but there has to be an expiry period. Um, I believe that is the, the CLTV limit for the HCLC to be live. Uh, so, you know, the sender has to have some sort of expiration on their payment to make sure that they can get it back. Sorry, folks. Cerberus is barking right now. <laughs> All good, Evan. We, we love dogs on the show. This um, might be a good time to ask about those HTLCs. <laughs> well, I do have. I do want to follow up on the on the lightning, and then we should. I, I yes, we should follow up on the HTLCs after that. So, Evan, how, so when these lightning addresses do show up, is it going to be? So if I if I get one, is it going to be Avi at Olympus.com or Avi at Zeus.com, or can my roll my own domain name? Whoops. Uh, so. The plan is to start with one domain of our own. We're hoping to roll it out to have, you know, two or three in-house ones. Uh, but yeah, I think we are also are excited about the prospect of someone uh, potentially submitting their own domain name uh, for us to use. Uh, it is a little tricky to you for someone to use that domain name for other things if they're going to point it to us uh but you know maybe someone says hey i'm gonna give lnurl.avibura to olympus to host my payments for them it's totally a possibility and something we would love to support got it yeah so the subdomain instead of the full domain yeah, How yeah. Do you, in... like you're, you're probably not going to want, you probably want your domain, if it's your name, you know, to have your own web server. And, you know, it's just not yeah. practical for us, for you to do that and for us to also host the LN URL for you. Uh, but I don't know, perhaps uh, we can get creative. Maybe we can. I mean, there, there's actually two components to the actual LN URL process. So Maybe that's not outside the realm of possibility, but uh, you know, it's, it's a little early for us. We haven't started exploring that. Uh, we're yeah. trying to build out the core functionality first. So, last question on um, on using your own domain or, or just using Lightning addresses in general, right? It, what What are your views on that? And uh, I guess becoming unruggable. <laughs> uh because you're running your own node that's a that's a great step right it's a non-custodial setup that you have but with a lightning address you could in theory be rugged by you know godaddy or whatever the dns provider is right yeah for sure um 
this is a fantastic question, Avi. And it's something we're exploring right now. Uh, so there is something called the LUDS spec. It's a uh, LNURL improvement uh, protocol spec. And uh, we have a proposal, it hasn't gotten a lot of love, but uh, in the scenario in which, let's say, either your domain provider or Olympus goes rogue, uh, we would add a level of a layer of verification. Uh, it would be optional. It would be appended to your lightning address. It would look ugly in a lot of ways. It would, uh, you know, detract from the value add of a lightning address being a simple human readable thing. Uh, but we have functionality that we'd like to build into Zeus and into the service that people could potentially use to verify, um, you know, for senders to verify that it's going to Avi's node, right? Like your, your node has an identity, like a, a pub key, right? And we can pass that pub key in a shortened form to a sender. And once they receive an invoice uh, from the LNURL server, they can check to see that it's actually going to the pub key that you supplied, Avi. Uh, but there's an interesting tension here because of how receiver privacy is on Lightning. And uh, there's going to be a bit of a tension, too, with some of the offerings on the Lightning Address server uh, that we are going to offer up. And one of the functionalities is going to be the ability to wrap your invoices uh, with the Olympus server. Uh, this is going to give you privacy. So you can have a Lightning Address through Olympus. It's going to your own node. Uh, but the sender is not going to know what your node pub key is, which is a really fascinating idea. And it's something that we use with the zero comp channel service today. Uh, so you do get this higher degree of privacy, but you lose the sender side verification that you're getting the fund. So users are ultimately going to have a uh, trade-off there, uh, whether they want, you know, unruggability protection or if they want that privacy from senders. Um, but ultimately, we think that there's going to be a little incentive for service providers to do it, at least the ones that want to be here a long time, like I do, like Olympus does. Uh, and, you know, we, we just want to build a reputation with our users like we have been doing over the last, you know, four and a half, five years. And we're here to be, you know, in the game for, for decades. Um, you know, uh, rugging a couple sats here and there is not why we got into Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, while our offerings are going to change very drastically over the decades to come, um, you know, we're always here to empower people and, you know, give people control of their finances and just help them with some of the heavy lifting. And uh, we think that we can do that in a way that can be incredibly lucrative for us, incredibly beneficial for all our users, all the while just being one little hub on a big old lightning network.
And in expanding your offerings, uh, I believe it, it reminds me that uh, I believe you guys have one point of sale system out there. Maybe, maybe a couple. I'm not sure, uh, but I think is that, is that at PubKey? Uh, yeah. So we have four systems out in the wild right now. Um, we have PubKey first and foremost. That's probably our biggest one out there. That is a bar in New York City that's in New York's West Village, which is where NYU, uh, the biggest colleges down there. And that is a bustling neighborhood. Let me tell you, um, we are just incredibly grateful to have a Bitcoin bar in New York City and to have it in such a cultural hub and such a rich neighborhood uh, and to have just all this foot traffic. People, kids at NYU know it's the Bitcoin bar, you know, some may try to avoid it others come in check it out but i think it's really important to have these bitcoin third places uh you know just these physical spaces where you can meet face to face with other bitcoiners have these discussions and you know it's cool that we have these like co-working spaces and and hubs like that but i'm really excited about this next generation of them the bars the football clubs like McCormick's, uh, Rail Bedford. Um, yeah, and hopefully more bars and restaurants. I know there's one in Manchester that we got to go visit at some point. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, where did discussion for the revolutions happen during the Revolutionary War, right? It's like at bars and pubs. And that's where people did their, you know, best talking. Like, you know, there's no letters to be confiscated from the British who are just having face-to-face -face conversations and be able to look people in the eyes. So, you know, beyond that, PubKey has just created like an amazing environment from the great booze and bartenders to the food, to the events they have there. There's like a Bitcoin event, like once or twice a week. So we're just really grateful to have, um, you know, this great relationship you know, we always wanted to do point of sales, but it didn't really make sense for us to code it into Zeus until we had someone with a real use case. Uh, so when we talked to Drew and Thomas at PubKey and saw that they had a really neat, a really big need for it, you know, they, they were called, you know, they were lambasted really by Bloomberg for being a Bitcoin bar that didn't accept Bitcoin. And, you know, we went in there and we fixed that up for them really quick. I think it took about three weeks. It took us two weeks to have the prototype. We had a couple issues, ironed those out, came back the next week. It's been smooth sailing since then. I think we've only had one major update with a couple of tweaks to make things a little better for uh, the hospitality staff. But we're really proud of what we accomplished, but, you know, we're just getting started. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we, we have, uh, I believe there's an accountant that's using it to accept Bitcoin. Um, there's like a nail salon that we help set up here in Philadelphia and Fishtown. Although uh, they need to get a little more love. We need to drive some more Bitcoin customers that their way. And then we also have uh, a uh, Bitcoin co-work space uh, that will remain unnamed for now, but they're in the process of setting it up. And we're really excited to uh, have them announce it whenever they're comfortable. But it seems like, um, you know, the point of sale is getting a bit of traction. But still, I think there's a lot more we can do. As it stands now, you need to have a square terminal uh, to use it. So PubKey was using the square terminal. They still use the square terminal to process their credit cards. And Zeus pulls the orders from that system. 
we want to have integrations with more point of sale providers, as well as build a standalone uh, point of sale system in Zeus. So that someone who just downloads Zeus can get their embedded node in Zeus 0.8. They can get onboarded onto Lightning Network with channels from Olympus just in time. No need to wait for confirmation. And then they'll also be able to manage their entire inventory of their store or their restaurant or their bar or whatever within the app and not need any other software or hardware or service offerings at all. And we're proud to say that we've just started work on that. Uh, it's not the main priority, but we've pulled in some heavy hitters to help us out with that. And, uh, you know, we fully intend to expand our point of sale offerings. Well, and you mentioned uh, Square because my wife has a salon. She uh, she uses Square and it's kind of like, you know, for her, she just, you know, she doesn't know anything about uh, setting up a node and, and all that stuff. I mean, it, 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 what's stopping Jack from making that simple? I mean, what what's, you know, I accept Bitcoin. Okay, perfect. There you go. And it's it's just all kind of set up. Um, and maybe you don't know, but you, you, you mentioned it. Why, why does a square terminal need to use Zeus in that way? So the square thing is really funny. And, uh, you know, I, I like a lot of things Jack has done in terms of helping Bitcoin adoption. Uh, there's a lot of things I, I don't like that he's done, but, uh, you know, I, I sort of like, um, I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he does with the square terminals. And I think he has the opportunity to really make Bitcoin accessible to many people. I think with square and with having cash app backing it, uh, he'll have the ability to have merchants accept Bitcoin and to have it instantly converted to their fiat currency of choice. I, th I think they only serve us and Canada, but still, um, yeah, he has the opportunity to make it very accessible. I think that Square's offering would almost certainly be a custodial offering, whereas Zeus is focused almost entirely on self-custody. And uh, I think that Dorsey's challenges right now have been sort of twofold. I think it is largely the scale of the operation, you know, like with PubKey and, and what we built, you know, we were catering it to single individuals who already set up their own infrastructure and rolling this out to millions of terminals is a huge endeavor. But I also think that there's a big tension that Square has uh, with their main source of revenue. And, you know, it seems like the Bitcoin sales or the Bitcoin volume sold and bought on Cash App is increasing and making up a big part of the business. But I think an even more significant part of the business is the credit card processing on the Square terminals. And I think that if you go to, you know, Visa and MasterCard and your other partners on the Square Terminal and say, hey, guys, uh, heads up, we're launching Lightning Network, which could potentially eat massively into your business over the next couple of decades. Uh, I have a feeling that Visa and MasterCard and Amex and the lot are going to say, hey, that's cool cash app. But guess what? Now your percentage for processing your payments is going up 2%. How'd you like them apples? So I don't really envy Jack having to deal with all that stuff, uh, but I am hopeful and optimistic that he can ship something in the next, I don't know, I don't want to give a timeline, but let's say in the next two years, this goes out the door. I think it would be fantastic for Bitcoin adoption. Uh, 
And I think more than anything, we need to get more merchants accepting it. We need to build up squares, I mean, Bitcoin's circular economy. And hell, even if it's being done in this sort of self, I mean, custodial regulated way, uh, we'll get there because the merchant who starts accepting Bitcoin with a square terminal uh, over time will realize the constraints that they have and eventually will want to move on to running their own node and accepting Bitcoin in a self-custodial manner. And that square merchant will effectively have a gateway drug to becoming a full self-custodial Zeus point-of-sale merchant. So we're really excited by that prospect. And the beauty of Lightning um, is that even if you start off custodial, it's like this interoperability glue, right? Lightning to me, the, the more I think about it, it, it appears more like an interoperability layer than it is a payments layer. And that just oh, yeah, makes this, the trans, transition to self-custody seamless, right? It's not a walled garden. It's open, fully interoperable. So it's, it should be seamless. Yeah, I mean, even if you are using something that is custodial or federated custodial, um, even if you don't have the cryptographic assurances for the unilateral exit, uh, at least the promise that you'll be able to leave and free yourself using those lightning rails uh, is definitely an encouraging thing. And I think you're right. I think it's evident uh, while we don't know that every pleb on the planet is going to be running their own lightning node or running their own lightning channels or even holding their own UTXOs, it's becoming increasingly evident to me that there's a very high possibility that lightning, the Bolt 11, maybe even the Bolt 12 formats will be the ways that people are interacting with each other and using Bitcoin as a uh, medium of exchange. So yeah, I, I can't uh, agree with that anymore, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and then going back to the restaurants and the points of sale, Evan, do you do you have an outreach uh, uh, strategy? Are you thinking through something? Because there, I mean, there are restaurants in New York City. You know, we've talked about this offline, Evan, who are interested, right? Who are Bitcoiners in the making, right? Who who'd be willing to take this? I'm sure outside of uh, New York, uh, across the country, that there, there's several, right? I, so is that uh, do you have an outreach and adoption strategy that you're working on? Yeah, so I would say we're still very early on in things, right? The point of sale, we said, is at about four users right now. So, you know, as much as we like to help people get set up and we're willing to go hands-on and help people do this, uh, we also understand that it doesn't scale. Uh, and our focus admittedly has been a little bit more on trying to build and ship. You know, we got to get embedded nodes, Zeus and Olympus out the door for everyone. We need to get the standalone point of sale out the door for everyone. Um, but we have had some interesting discussions with merchants to try to identify feelings on Bitcoin are, what their use case would be, how they would use it, what their concerns are. And it seems like we're hitting uh, a few issues in terms of regulatory concerns, 
how to handle the taxation side of it. Just so, yeah. note, um, PubKey in New York City, because I've always thought about this when I when I when I try to orange pill locally here in uh, you know Arizona, it, it's you still get the same questions, kind of like. Uh, uh, regulatory they, they you might have some questions you can't really answer when you're over there hey you should really accept bitcoin okay well how do i do it how's the tax work how's the regulation work and you kind of uh I, you know you kind of draw a blank with some of that stuff but the fact that you can work in in new york city uh is is very inspiring uh for someone that might be in a little looser state you know oh yeah baby if you can make it work in new york city you can make it happen anywhere all right so um, I encourage people who want to, to, to step up and reach out. We can help you get set up. It is possible if you want, but, uh, you know, as I was saying, there are still a lot of people who have concerns, you know, not everyone is going to be, you know, Thomas and Drew at PubKey who are Bitcoiners and, and gung ho. And, uh, you know, the tax thing, uh, which I think is a massive issue. I think that us at Bitcoiners should become single issue voters and say that, hey, it's great that all these politicians are coming out and saying, hey, this Bitcoin thing is great. Come vote for me. Right. But if you're not advocating for it to be handled like cash, like, you know, uh, for it to not be a taxable event when you spend it, then you're a bullshitter. All right. So whoever the first politician that runs and says, hey, spending your Bitcoin, receiving your Bitcoin, it shouldn't be a taxable event. We should throw support behind them. Uh, that being said, you really can't trust any politician. And that's not the cypherpunk way. We need to keep coding and creating solutions to route around these buffoons that have been ruining our societies. And, uh, you know, ultimately, it isn't politicians who bring about change and uh you know, social evolution, it's individuals and technology, and we can never forget that. Um, but bringing it all back, uh, it's incredibly evident that a lot of people are concerned about the volatility issues, and we see it as a massive Trojan horse to help advance Bitcoin adoption. If we have the ability to issue and settle other assets, including fiat currencies, on lightning rails and we become increasingly more bullish on the prospect as we see more and more ways by which to transfer dollars and these other assets like euros and yen on lightning uh, whether it be through stuff like uh, stable sats from galloy and, and the blink wallet uh, whether it be things like rgb whether it be tapas or taproot assets from Lightning Labs, or whether it be some of the more DLC stuff, like from our friends at 1010One. So we're not really taking any one camp at the moment, uh, but we are definitely open to the idea of people potentially um, exchanging these other assets uh, on the Zeus wallet, as long as the trade-offs are properly explained to users. And uh, we think that once that ability is there and, you know, someone could send me synthetic dollars or whatever the hell. And as long as it ends up on my side as Satoshi's, like I could give a rat's ass what currency you send across the wire, you know. So I'm really, really bullish on that prospect. And, you know, seeing the magic happen, even in its rudimentary form that we see today, 
is fantastic. You know, I was using the 1010 wallet, 1010 wallet the other day. Uh, I think it's in a closed alpha as well. Uh, but being able to, you know, deposit Bitcoin, freeze it per se um, in this DLC uh, without an issuer of the asset and uh, have a good degree of assurance that, you know, I could redeem that for Bitcoin at any time uh, is sort of mind blowing. So we're really excited to see that evolve and we're exploring to, you know, in which ways we can support that. And do you think, Evan, that uh, to your point, right, about merchants and needing that fiat conversion, uh, do we think on Lightning we're at a point yet or will be in the near future where we can do that fiat conversion without some kind of third party liquidity provider or custodian? Like back in the day, it used to be back in the day, <laughs> like until a few months ago, it used to be a prime trust, right, that had a stranglehold on this fiat to Bitcoin um, uh, sort of seem, so-called seamless uh, uh, conversions. Uh, do, do you see a scenario in which we could do that trustlessly somehow? I think there's always going to be some level of trust, but the experimentation that I've seen looks like we keep minimizing that trust more and more and more. You're never going to have the full chances that you do holding Bitcoin like a full bear asset like Bitcoin. There's absolutely nothing like Bitcoin. Uh, but the more and more that we see, the, like middlemen in the equation, um, you know, meaning less or, you know, having less sway, uh, having less incentives uh, in which they would potentially rug their users, it, it's all a good thing. So, you know, there's always going to be... Uh, a little bit of trust at, at some point or another, I believe. Um, but uh, we can keep decreasing it in various novel ways. And hell, even today, we don't need to be trusting, you know, my shenanigans like Prime Trust or, you know, any of these uh, big brokers. I think people are getting very creative and uh, we're really just scratching the surface of what's possible. Who knows? Maybe there will be some maybe I'm wrong, maybe there will be like a fully trustless way, but I honestly think things are going to become increasingly more trust minimized. Well, the dream is we, no one needs to convert to fiat, right? We, we just stick to the, the bearer instrument, which is Bitcoin. Right. And I think it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's the dream, right? Like, but you know, we live in a complex world. We have people who have been brainwashed all their lives in the fiat system. They don't realize how much of a slave it really makes them, how they're subject to the whims of men who make decisions behind closed doors about our futures without our consent. And, um, you know, the, the fact that people are even becoming, not all people, some people are becoming at least curious about the prospect of accepting Bitcoin. I mean, that that's a win in itself. And I think we'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss to say, um, you know, that uh, we shouldn't strike while the iron's hot. Of course, I think inflation is going to get worse, but, you know, we need to take advantage of the opportunity that we see, like, before us uh, in that, you know, people's cost of livings are going up. They go to the grocery store and food prices are, getting crazy. 
and um you know just like getting a house or or getting rent it's just getting just astronomical and and getting out of the reach of the average person you know like you know there's many prominent bitcoiners who like just don't own their own homes i don't own a home and uh, it seems like it's getting very difficult especially in the the market and the conditions that are evident it feels like the housing markets in, in a in a gridlock and uh you know even if you were to somehow acquire a, a house um you know do you really own that asset you know all, all real estate really requires a standing army to ensure that you hold on to it <laughs> and even that standing oh. army can get beat up by a bigger guy uh whereas bitcoin yeah you can always be put on like physical duress and, and threatened i mean that's not escapable but all you need to do is keep 12 to 24 words safe uh so in a lot of ways it feels like it's one of the only assets that you truly do own yeah indeed evan so switching uh gears and maybe this is the last question evan uh but a few months back uh you'll remember this i'm sure you were in oslo uh, and around the same time as Apple quote unquote banned zaps on, on Damas, right? That, that news broke when you guys were in Oslo for the freedom forum around the same time, one of the Zeus up, uh, updates was rejected by the app store. What, what do you think happened there? Was it a coincidence or was it some kind of coordinated effort? And then Apple ended up backing off. Well, you know, it's hard to say for sure. And I don't ever like to speak definitively on anything. Uh, it could have very well just be a fluke. It could have been, you know, new staff, uh, new measures put in at Apple, like new criteria. But I think end of the day, uh, it's most likely that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people in power that uh, really stand to lose a lot if Bitcoin becomes the prominent way that people exchange. And so much of society, so much happens uh, with these entities that interject themselves in between every transaction that they can. And uh, I think ultimately Apple is just a huge institution uh, that feels the pressures of that. Um, you know, it's the world as we see, it's not just, you know, the state versus individuals, but it's the corporations and the state working together versus smaller entities and trying to become the biggest fish that they can. And, you know, they, they really feel that they have to push everyone else down to maintain their position or, or go up in the ranks and become a bigger fish. And, uh, you know, that's unfortunately just the way the world works. But at the end of the day, uh, we're going to keep building free and open systems. We're going to reject the old way that the world has been working, even in tech, Silicon Valley building their own walled gardens. No, that's not the way. Uh, we think that while the typical mind of you know these tech people and these vcs is to you know build a walled garden keep the users and trap them in uh well, that's no longer the world that we want to build and contribute to and we think that we can still flourish 
while letting users walk out to the exit. And we're perfectly comfortable with Zeus users taking their Bitcoin elsewhere, taking their seed, importing into another wallet, uh, taking our code, building it elsewhere. But we think that if we keep shipping uh, quality goods and services, that our users will naturally come to trust us, come to build relationships with us and continue to use our apps and our services like Olympus. Yeah. Well said, Evan. You know, Avi, uh, I got one thing to ask him. I have to know yeah. because uh, <laughs> I always check when our guests uh, are, are on and I see you, you, you actually joined uh, Zeus. Zeus account joined uh, December 20th on Noster, uh, right, right around when the, a, a lot of us did. Uh, and the mind has to be been, been kind of churning with the uh, just the Noster protocol in general. Um, have you thought about kind of what kind of integration or what kind of change um, maybe can be applied with Zeus uh, in accordance with Noster? Yeah, so we are pleased to announce that we've started our very baseball Noster integration in the form of a contact book. I don't want anyone to get too excited, but you can now save uh, your Nippo 5s and NPUBs for your friends and family in Zeus. If you go to that contact, uh, it will go and load up your Noster client of choice if you press on it. Um, but we're hoping to expand our contact system. We're hoping that people will in the future be able to enter their NPUBs, see all the people they're following, be able to pull down all their lightning addresses that are attached to their account for zaps uh, and further expands, um, you know, the way that that contact system works. Um, you know, our lightning address server, uh, you know, that server I've been talking, that's, yeah, the service that I've been talking about earlier in the show, that's already set up and it uses zaps. So we're really happy about that. In fact, uh, you know, my personal and, and Zeus's lightning addresses are using that, which is really cool. Um, but beyond that, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Noster is a fascinating protocol. Uh, it has a lot of fantastic decisions made. And I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of creative Bitcoin products built upon it. Uh, I don't know exactly what Zeus will ship on it next, uh, but you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility for us to do some pretty massive stuff with it. And uh, I think it should be evidently clear that we're massive fans of it, uh, not just from the perspective of having a free medium to, you know, exchange ideas on, uh, but also as a simple, lean protocol um, that you could build pretty much anything on. So let's see what kind of things people have up their sleeves and what they come up with. And, you know, maybe we'll be some of the people that are shipping some stuff on it. Let's see. Well, you broke some news there, Evan. Zeus integration, Nostra integration uh, to for an address book. That is something. It's a start. It's, it's not where we want it to be, uh, ultimately. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can't deny uh, the momentum Nasser is building, especially in the Bitcoin community. And we want to uh, continue to explore 
the integrations that Zeus Wallet itself can have with the Nostra protocol. Love it. Well, Evan, uh, or Zeus, I should say, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for donating your time to us. And um, well, actually, you, there's one question we were meaning to ask you. Sorry, Evan, one more. Oh man, no, that's okay. Was, I, I got some. Time. I got that some. That was a cliffhanger, Avi. We're, we're yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode for HTLCs. Guys, <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't but, talk HTLCs. We didn't. I didn't yeah. give you the lowdown on the node management tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll ha you'll have to have me back. I don't know. <laughs> Real quick on HTLCs, uh, can you can you do a, like a one minute ELI five, especially for QW? He is mentally five, right? And he wants false emp, false emp. <laughs> All right, so HTLCs solve the problem, right? Uh, if we have a payment channel with each other, uh, we've already established communications and a way of which we can agree upon updates, right? But how do you send Bitcoin? across uh, a wire people that you might not have a channel set up with and HTLCs or hash time lock contracts uh, solve that problem and they are construction that are locked in two ways uh, they have a hash lock uh, which essentially uh, you know have when they're created these hash time lock contracts uh, you know it's a bit of Bitcoin that's going over the wire that you know, is being forwarded for someone to make a payment on the Lightning Network. It has this hash lock, uh, which uh, has essentially a hash of a pre-image uh, that is passed along it. And essentially, uh, it gets unlocked in one way through that hash lock. If the recipient, uh, who is the only one who can get the pre-image out of it, passes it back along the wire to the sender, and they are essentially incentivized uh, to pass it back along the path by which it came because they want to get their Bitcoin uh, in the terms of the payment. And the forwarders want to get their fees that they collect for forwarding the payment. And uh, that's one part of the puzzle. The second part of the puzzle is the time lock itself, which has something uh, called a CLTV limit which uh i can't remember well what cltv stands for but it's basically the lockup time oh the check lock time verify right cltv right and uh basically this is the time in which uh the htlc can be locked up for so hopefully right you're hoping that you know, you don't have networking problems. It gets across the lightning network. It gets to the recipient. And then everyone along the route is properly incentivized. And they're like, yeah, we want our Bitcoin. We're going to just pass it along. And once the hash gets back, it's all unlocked. The sender signs off on it. Everyone's happy and has either a little more if you're someone along the route or a little less if you're the sender <laughs> who wanted to make the payment uh, Bitcoin, right? But in the case of a dispute, uh, perhaps there's networking issues, perhaps someone is being a trickster and wants to disrupt a payment flow. We have these uh, time locks in which uh, the payment uh, is valid for. And if that time gets exceeded, uh, the sender essentially has the ability to get that HTLC back. Um, hopefully you at least get responses from your peers. 
but after that time lock is expired, uh, the user uh, is able to redeem that HTLC and the rest of their funds in the channel on chain, and they can close out the channel, force close the channel on the, the bad parties, right? And get their money back. Um, so it's a little bit complicated. I'm not a cryptographer. I am definitely not a lightning protocol developer. I'm an application developer and LSP developer now, I suppose. Um, but HTLCs are a critical way, a critical a part of how Lightning Network works. Sounds like a collection of verified handshakes with a time limit. Yeah. Um, there's multiple time limits, actually. You know, there's the time limit by which a uh, channel becomes valid on chain. And um, that is the relative time lock, the CSV. You know, uh, if your counterparty goes offline entirely, you want to be able to uh, redeem your Bitcoin on chain. But you also want to give the counterparty a, uh, let's say, a, a redemption period in case you were doing any shenanigans. Uh, so that's a relative time lock. That's like uh, basically the time in which you have to wait in, in blocks uh, to redeem your money in case you uh, initiate a force close. Um, there's an end sequence, uh, which is at the script level. Of what's the order of these different signatures? Uh, there's an end lock time. There's a lot of time locks going on to make lightning work. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at times it can really seem like magic, um, but there's a whole lot of complexity under the hood. And, uh, you know, we're really not done building this thing. There's a lot of innovations on Lightning uh, that are still happening that will make user experiences better, that will give people better assurances, that will make these redemption periods uh, easier to stomach um and for recovery to become easier so you know just like bitcoin isn't a finished product lightning certainly isn't a finished product so we're going to see stuff like point time lock contracts uh as well that will probably replace this concept of hash time lock contract well that's something to look forward to evan so Avi, what? ultimately what I'm going to do, my strategy, start small, uh, don't put a lot of, put, put a lot on the channels and just kind of learn the uh, ins and outs. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great a way. Story. It's always great to learn uh, by doing. Uh, so, you know, always want to encourage people to get their hands dirty uh, and, you know, start small. Make sure you understand the backup mechanisms, how you can recover your funds in worst case scenario. Because, uh, you know, dealing with Bitcoin script and these lightning uh, contracts, we'll say, can get a little dicey. But, yeah, just dip your toes in, figure out what amount you're comfortable with losing potentially, and just try to learn a little bit every day. And, uh, you know, I, I want to really emphasize uh, even someone like me who's been in Bitcoin for something like 10 years now. It's been working on Zeus almost five years. Um you know, still learning more stuff every day and also accepting the fact that I'm not going to be able to know everything. And in fact, no individual is going to be able to know everything. Like Satoshi was wrong about a bunch of stuff. He, if he's alive, hopefully 
still doesn't know everything about Bitcoin. Uh, you know, founders of the Lightning Network are, you know, probably don't have a full view of Bitcoin, you know, possibly there's some things in the construction of Lightning that could be better for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, there could have been design mistakes they made as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you just got to humble yourself to know that learning and improving and getting better, making yourself a better human being is like it never ends. It's a lifelong journey. And uh, there's always a way for you to better yourself. And there's always something new that you can learn. Well, that's a good note to end the show, Evan. Thank you once again for being so generous with your time. Um, and I think we can have a deeper conversation about node management next time. Oh, absolutely. You know, I know all the hacks now, all the tricks, ah, but not all the tricks, still learning. <laughs> but, uh, you know, getting the Olympus node up and running and getting it to a state in which I think it can service, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of users potentially uh, has definitely been a uh, another journey. And I am happy to share my learnings, not only with you guys, but, you know, all the plebs uh, far and wide. And, uh, you know, hopefully together we can make the whole Bitcoin experience a little bit better. And Indeed. thank you very much. It was a pleasure meeting you. Hope to meet you in real life soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know what conferences you guys are going to next. Nosterville. Uh, Nosterville. Where's that? Nashville, Bitcoin Park, uh, November oh, 9th love through Bitcoin 11th. Bitcoin Park. Oh, man, I got FOMO. Um, yeah, I, I am going to be doing a crazy double header in November. I'm going to be at SatsConf. Uh, November 2nd to the 5th, uh, I'm going to be giving my talk on Zeus and the importance of self-custody uh, there. I'm also going to be judging the hackathon or being one of the judges there. Uh, then we'll also be at adopting Bitcoin in San Salvador, El Salvador, uh, just a few days later. So it's going to be one marathon of a week. Excited to see people there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have, uh, scheduled for now, but, uh, Hey, I'll be around. We've got our, uh, monthly lightning meetup at PubKey. I do with Shin Meyer from river.com, as well as, uh, JHB from lightning labs, at least on occasion, uh, he shows up, helps us out. Uh, so I'll be there. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, they got all their stuff on the meetup page. Uh, and we are also working on getting a bit devs started in Philadelphia. So Philly bit devs take two, I think it's October 2nd. I think it's a Monday. Uh, we're doing it with the Bitcoin John folks who've been doing a great job with their meetup. And, uh, for this next one, I'll be having some help from the organizers of New York bit devs. I think I found my co-host for the bit dev. So. A lot of exciting stuff happening. It's a little bit crazy managing the, the meetups uh, with the work on Zeus and trying to get the company rolling. Uh, but I, you know, strongly think that, you know, these in-person events are paramount to growing Bitcoin. And I encourage anyone who doesn't have a local meetup to try and start their own. This is the way. Thank you very much once again.
Yeah, Cheers, thanks, guys. Evan.